Welcome back to the Assured Podcast. This season, we are unpacking homeschool exhaustion and exploring different perspectives and possibilities for how you can personally recharge. Today for episode four, you get to hear from Charlotte Jones. Charlotte Jones lives in sunny South Africa with her husband, neurodivergent twin boys, and two mini Dachshunds. She's been a working homeschool mom since 2017, and she loves it. As a coach and the creator of My Little Homeschool and the Strike a Balance podcast for working homeschool moms, she helps women who want to homeschool while working to figure out the messy beginnings so that they can take their first steps into working homeschool mom life feeling supported and confident. This clip is part of our conversation with the Recharge Virtual Summit, the only type of homeschool event where you can hear from 12 different homeschooling experts in just five minutes each. You can access our full conversation over at homeschoolteachingsimplified.com slash recharge. We started homeschooling because we want the freedom to educate our children in the way that's best for them. We want to be the one to provide that for them. But too quickly, expectations get in the way and it starts to get overwhelming trying to make learning happen. My name is Natalie Burns and welcome to the Assured Podcast, where we talk about how to homeschool and not get burned out by it. After a decade of teaching high school in the public school system, I left my position to homeschool my own three children. Now I share the practical learning strategies you can incorporate into your homeschool teaching and tackle the underlying belief systems that have been holding you back from having a deeper connection with your child through the process. Here you will find refreshment as you embrace the personal growth that comes with homeschooling. Every child deserves a custom education. I want you to feel assured that you are equipped to be the one to provide that for them. Join us for each episode to learn how to approach your homeschool teaching from a place of easygoing confidence. Welcome, Charlotte. I am so excited to be talking to you here today. You have such a unique perspective on homeschooling as a working mom and homeschooling around how to prioritize when there's so much going on, when everything is important. Can you tell us a little bit more about your experience homeschooling, what got you homeschooling and what your homeschool looks like? Sure, absolutely. And thank you so much for having me here. I'm really excited to speak to other homeschool moms and maybe working homeschool moms as well, because I know how lonely it can be sometimes. So these kind of summits are super important. So we started out in 2017. My kids are neurodivergent. We did one year of public school and it really did not go well. The public school system was just not able to offer them what they needed they were kind of othered, they were bullied. So all those kinds of things, we would have daily meltdowns. So we thought, okay, let's let's give homeschooling a try because obviously this is not sustainable and I don't want to put my kids through this. So we took them out of school for uh, after one year. And in terms of being like a working homeschool mom, I've always worked and homeschooled. So I, it kind of gives a little bit of a difference in terms of what our homeschool looks like. So I don't, um, I don't obviously have many, 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 many hours to homeschool every day, not that you need to, but so our homeschool is quite um, kind of pared down and I do homeschool year round just so that we can fit everything in 
And we also homeschool online just because it gives me a little bit more time and it gives me a little bit less stress because I don't have to prep and, you know, everything is done for me. So that's kind of basically what our homeschool looks like. And then we're very lucky to live in South Africa. We live next to the ocean. So we do spend a lot of time outside, which I think really is one of the wonderful things about homeschooling is the flexibility that we have. Oh, yeah, that's beautiful to be able to experience life. Experiential learning is probably, in, in my humble opinion, one of the most important and meaningful ways to learn. So how have you noticed this in your boys growing up? They've been maturing, they've been getting older, and you've been navigating neurodivergence. How has that experiential learning and online learning impacted the way that you teach them? That's a really, really good question. And I think it's such an important point to remind, I think, new homeschool moms, new working homeschool moms, is that the experiential learning, the life skills, the hands-on learning, those things are as important, like you said, as like book learning, right? As the academics. And those kind of things can happen at any time. They can happen all the time. And I think that's what's so wonderful about homeschooling is that you have the opportunity to give them all these experiences where they can learn so much. And especially for my kids are neurodivergent, like socialization and things like that can be really hard. So we can kind of offer them experiences that they are not totally overwhelmed by. So I think that's kind of really shaped how we homeschool as well. We're really able to concentrate on those kinds of things. So the book learning, obviously it's important uh, and we do it virtually every day, but it's more about the life skills and like being decent human beings. I think it's such a good opportunity to teach your kids to be decent human beings, I think. And I absolutely love that about homeschooling. And then in terms of kind of how it's shaped the way I teach them, I think, like I said, we, we don't do so much like structured learning and the online learning is very good because it can be done independently. As a working homeschool mom, I value that very, very much. And, uh, you know, especially as they've kind of grown. And it's also teaching them a lot of skills. You know, we're all going to need to, in the future, they're going to definitely be working with computers. I mean, we can't deny it. We can't escape technology. So they're learning a lot about that as well. Did you always have a knowledge of the way that your children needed to learn? Did you always identify, oh, this is what's going to work for them? Or was this riddled with trial and error from the beginning? Oh, absolutely. And I mean, we still go through trial and error now. I mean, I think that is an ongoing process, though, isn't it? Especially as they change, as they develop. But at the beginning, I had very fixed ideas about what homeschooling should look like. And I know so many homeschool moms, working homeschool moms have that. They're on Instagram, they're on Pinterest. They're like, okay, this is what homeschooling should look like. Why is my kid not interested? Why is my kid not wanting to? My, my example is arts and crafts. My kids hate arts and crafts. So why are my kids not interested in doing arts and crafts like everybody else? So I think, yes, it's really trial and error. And I think it's so important to really embrace the uniqueness of your journey and to spend the time. That's why I'm a big fan of de-schooling. So spending that time when you take them out of school or, you know, even if you're just starting with school to kind of rethink what education should be like 
and tailoring to what is going to suit your kid. And there's going to be a lot of trial and error. Absolutely. But it's okay. It doesn't have to be perfect from the beginning. And I think accepting that, you know, that it might be messy at the beginning is also a really big step in having a successful homeschool or a working homeschool mom life. Mm-hmm. I love what you said there about de-schooling, about really taking the time to unlearn what patterns we've already come in with. And tell me if you agree with this. My thought is that de-schooling is even more so for the homeschool parent than it is for the child. Yes, the child needs to understand that this doesn't need to look the same, but really they adapt so quickly. It's our own previously held belief systems and uh, expectations and what we've even put on ourselves around what learning should look like that really shapes how we go about teaching and learning. And as a working homeschool mom, you definitely need to set some ideas around how is this going to look? How are you going to manage this all? What did de-schooling look like for you while working? Because it seems like de-schooling would require more effort as a mom. Sure. Well, I, I guess I kind of look at de-schooling maybe slightly in a different way, but I 100% agree that it's very much about the parents. Definitely. Especially if you went to school, if you went to college or university, you have very set ideas about what. I come from a very academic family, so, you know, they were very there were expectations and things like that. So yes, de-schooling is definitely important for you. It's, I kind of, it's got a few elements. It's like moving from one reality to another. So obviously from public school to homeschool and also like, like you said, unlearning and opening your mind up to all the possibilities out there. I think that is awesome. And that's what I love so much about de-schooling. And I think de-schooling is good for everything. I mean, like how you run your business, how you, whatever, how you run your house, all those kind of things. If you can just unlearn what you think things should look like and what they could look like, I think that is so important. And you can apply that to so many things. And I think that's what homeschooling, it just gave me just a much more open mind about life in general, I think. But then in terms of the time it took is I literally let my kids, because school was so traumatic for them, I literally let them do what they wanted for um, probably a year and a half because that's how long it took to get them out of that trauma into like, okay, now we're ready. Now we want to learn. But then again, I mean, de-schooling can look different for everybody. There's no, I don't think there's no, there's no hard and fast rule about what de-schooling should look like, how long it should take. I think it's important to kind of observe your child, give them opportunities to do things, lots of books, reading, you know, it doesn't have to be fancy. They don't have to do loads and loads of things. I think the important thing is to take the time to observe what they are like and what engages them. And I think that's the importance of de-schooling and however you manage that and however long that takes. I love that. Do you think that it's different for a homeschool mom that is starting to maybe question, is my child neurodivergent? What should I be looking for? How do I manage this when I'm working, I'm so busy and I'm noticing learning needs and I'm not really sure what to do. Can you take us back to that moment when you realized how to teach your children in a way that would work both for you and for them? Sure, absolutely. To be honest, it was just such a relief to get them out of school. So I think for us, it was just 
positive, well, especially for me right from the beginning, because everything was so difficult. It was so hard to, you know, they had to be at school at seven. I mean, seven o'clock in the morning. And then if they haven't eaten breakfast, you are being shamed as a parent. I was like, I cannot force my kids to eat at seven o'clock in the morning. I'm sorry. You could try. It's not going to work for us. So it was just like, it was such a relief to kind of get out of that. So everything, even though the beginning of, of homeschooling was hard, we had to do a lot of de-schooling. There was that huge amount of relief. So then again, in terms of like the time, I think as a working homeschool mom, the important thing with everything related to homeschooling is it has to be one of your priorities. I think it has to be like the motivation is going to be strong if you are like, okay, I've taken my kid out of school for a reason. Sure, it's going to be hard. We're all going to be super busy. It might take some time to adjust, but my motivation is so strong because the ki my kids just had a terrible time at school. Having that motivation and being crystal clear about like your values and your goals and things like that is really going to help you get through the very busy periods as well because it helps you to figure out how to spend your time. So, okay, so your priority is, you know, homeschooling. Can you adjust your work schedule? Can you, like I went half, half um, part-time just initially so that we could kind of get into the flow of it. You know, I think the motivation is what's going to get you through that. It's going to help you to figure it out. Because at the beginning, I also thought, how am I ever going to do this? I know I want to do it, but how am I ever going to do it? But, you know, I took it day by day and the motivation was strong. And I knew I wanted this for our family, for my kids. So we figured it out. Granted, it took some time and it was hard. But, you know, at the end of the day, we figured it out. So if you want to do it, there's always a way to figure out how to do it. Yeah, I'm thinking about homeschooling as a top priority because here we are shaping and guiding our children's education and this impacts their entire lives so this is a huge priority working is a huge priority when we need to bring in income to sustain this managing our homes is a huge priority so that everybody understands how we can work together relationally and the list goes on and on we have so many what, of what seems like top priorities. What are your thoughts around how to prioritize when everything seems important? And I know that you have an ebook about this. So can you give us a little bit of a teaser here? Sure, absolutely. So I think, first of all, you'll have to accept that you cannot do everything. I think Oprah has that expression. She says you can do everything, but not at the same time. And I think I hope that I hope it was from her. I hope I'm attributing it to the right person. But and I love that because we can. We can do anything we want. We can do everything we want. We can work, we can homeschool, we can, you know, run a home or whatever, but some things are going to have to go. So I have a very practical way of kind of dealing with this is if you do feel like Okay, so we spoke about the values. So your values, you have to be crystal clear about your values. Okay, so you have them like literally listed down. And then if something that's very practical that works is to do a time audit. So spend some time over like three to five days and see how you actually spend your time. You'll probably be surprised. And the scrolling on Instagram can really take a lot of time. So, you know, you can so easily scroll through Instagram for, I don't know, half an hour, whatever. There's no shame. We all do it. But, you know, if, if you're finding that there's not enough time for the things that are 
in your list of values or your goals, then could you maybe substitute the one for the other? And the easiest way to do this is to actually have that information, is to see, okay, so I've got the data here. I'm spending so much time doing this. I'm spending time doing things for other people, you know, who are maybe not necessarily giving anything back. I mean, I know that sounds a bit, but you know, you have to, you have to set boundaries around your time, you know, so we've got the data and then you can say, okay, this can go, this can stay. I really want to do more of this. I want to do less of this. So that's a very practical way of kind of seeing, okay, how am I going to prioritize when absolutely everything is important? First of all, you can't do everything. Acceptance is the first step. And then maybe just seeing exactly how you spend your time and then being a bit more discerning about, you know, where you put your energy and your time. Yes. One more big priority that I know that you talk about quite a bit is prioritizing self-care. What does that look like for a homeschool mom who is juggling everything? Like there's nothing left. I'm at the end of my rope. By the time it comes to me, how can I prioritize self-care? And what does that even look like? Mm, That's a really, really, really good question. And I do talk about it a lot because I love this topic. So I think, first of all, you have to make it a priority. So, you know, that that comes kind of with accepting a bit of mom guilt. You know, maybe you think, oh, I'm taking time away from my kids, but we all know what it's like. So I recently got laid flat with COVID. Nobody else in my family had it. So I was like, okay, you know, you talk a lot of talk about self-care. Let's put those things into practice again, because, you know, your body will take the the rest that it needs and it can take it forcefully. So even if you don't feel like you're stressed, you know, you do need to manage that stress. So I'm very, it was a, it was a good wake up call to get back into the self-care very, very like mindfully and consistently. So I think, so there's the mom guilt element. So, but we know you have to have to prioritize self-care. And I think it can be super overwhelming to think, okay, I'm going to spend an hour every day exercising. And you're like, okay, but where is that hour going to come from? (laughs) Where is that hour going to come from? So maybe the time audit can help. You know, you could swap the 30 minutes of scrolling, maybe for going for a walk for 30 minutes, yoga for 30 minutes, whatever, you know, uh, works for you. So that's one thing that you can do. And then I think it's also really important to figure out what self-care actually means for you, you as you, not what it looks like, you know, Some people don't like to go to the salon or get their nails done or whatever. What does self-care look like for you specifically? Because if you're trying to do self-care that that is not actually useful for you, that's also not going to, you know, it's going to be a waste of time. So you need to really think about what is, what will really fill my cup um, and then start really, 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 really small. So even like start with five minutes because five minutes is better than no minutes. If you can't even do that, start even smaller than that. I have this, I read this wonderful book about, it's called One Small Step Can Change Your Life. And I can't remember the authors. I'm really bad with names of authors. But he said, the smallest, smallest step that you know that you can sustain. So if it's literally like one minute of like deep breathing, can you sustain that? Okay, can you be consistent with that? And then as you get used to it, like, your, you know, the neural pathways, all those kind of things, as you know, your, your brain gets used to the change, then you can build on it and, and uh, kind of make it a longer, you know, uh, I don't know, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, whatever you can manage. But I think it's also a lot of it is to do with mindset about 
how much time you have. So you have to prioritize self-care. You know, you have to figure out what it means to you. Um, and then you've got to start really small uh, if it's if it feels really overwhelming. Yeah, this is very interesting because you talk about how this can save time. And yet the initial reaction is, but if I start a new habit, that's going to take more effort and it's going to take more time out of my day to start something new. Can you talk about overcoming that hurdle? How do we get the momentum going on that so that we can actually experience what it means to save time by simplifying our homeschools? Yes, sure, absolutely. But I think it kind of goes back to that starting really small because I think it it is overwhelming to make change. Our brains don't want us to change. You know, it's evolutionary. I don't know what it, you know, it protects us from, I don't know, whatever it is, um, what are those, woolly mammoths and things like that. Obviously, it's a little bit outdated. You know, we can't progress or go anywhere if we don't change. But, you know, we have to fight our human nature. So I think just starting really, really, really small, I think is a really good step. But literally as much as you can sustain. If you, if you're, if you're, because maybe, I know, I can be guilty of this. I'm like, okay, tomorrow, everything changes. You know, this happens and this happens and this happens and this happens. And the whole, my whole life is going to be different. As you can imagine, those things never last. It's as small, as small as you can go and as you can sustain that first step, I think. Because we get used to it, don't we? We, we, we manage, we feel better about it, I think. So you have to take that first step before you can take all the other steps. And if that first step feels super overwhelming, then you need to just make it as small as you can and as manageable as you can. When you started really prioritizing in your life, and seeing how that trickled into your homeschool and trickled into your children and how they start to view the um, value that they put on different activities. What changes did you notice in your family, in your relationship? Well, I mean, to be honest, the neurodiverse, like children, it's maybe not so easy. It's, it's, change for them is not something that they enjoy very much. So I think it's more for me how I have managed to parent them, I think, in terms of priorities and things like that. So they can change, but it just takes a much, much, much longer time for them because they need the safety of routine and things like that. That being said, you know, we talk a lot about all those kinds of things in our you know in our family in our homeschool you know we talk about you know you you model the behavior for your children you do and um and you can talk about self-development and you can talk about growth mindset and stuff like that even if it especially for them it, it's not easy to do and you know it's very difficult for them to do to be honest but we can still make those conversations have those conversations and then eventually you start hearing things you know they're like okay we don't really use the word can't we are okay we you know let's do this before we do this other stuff this is a priority we want to do this before we go on the screen or whatever so even though i mean it might not be a a wonderful big change immediately especially if you're homeschooling neurodiversity because like i said they have a tendency to want the same thing over and over again but priority like one of our priorities is kind of we've got a bucket list for summer 
doing things slightly, just slightly differently, just slightly differently. And, you know, it's, it's, it can be hard for them, but we've seen positive changes in that they're more confident, you know, they're willing to do other things. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's not going to be necessarily a massive big thing. But, you know, like I said, as humans, we don't like to change. And I think them as neurodivergent children especially don't like change. So you have to, it's that small. You've got to start small. You've got to challenge just slightly as much as they can handle. And then the growth happens like that. That's what we've seen with our kids. I love that. I talk about the same thing, but with the term gradual release, this one step at a time, we don't need to jump the whole staircase. One step at a time, just a little bit of challenge, enough that they still feel safe and secure and yet stretched just a little bit. And it allows us to give them a little bit more responsibility each and every day so that they can be in charge of their own learning because we can't do that for them. So I love the practical tips that you're giving here. And this is not just for neurodivergent children. This is for everybody. It is so good to mix things up in just a little bit of a stretching way so that we can still feel emotionally secure while trying something new. Are there any other major changes that you made in the way that you approach teaching for the way that your children learn that you think, oh, everybody needs to know this? Sure. What we've done kind of, we've got a project now. So usually we we have our subjects that we do throughout the year, but we're doing a project now. And this is something that's like super exciting, I think. And that is entrepreneurship in the homeschool, because I think it is such an awesome time to kind of teach your kids these skills when they are so open and they are excited about things and they don't have they don't worry about making mistakes or you know they don't have bills to pay or anything like that it's such an awesome time so i think this is something that i'm so passionate about and especially maybe because my kids will probably not go to college and things like that so we want to set them up for the future so we have the possibility to kind of concentrate on entrepreneurship learning those skills you know, learning that, okay, we want to do something that's fun, but, you know, we've got to plan, we've got to prep. There are things we have to do before. I mean, the skills that they're learning is are amazing. So I'm just absolutely loving this. So if you don't have entrepreneurship in your homeschool, it's definitely something I highly recommend. <laughs> oh, great tip. Now, I know that you are constantly sharing these things on your own podcast, on Instagram, through your eBooks, your coaching. Do you typically only work with moms with neurodivergent children or even neurodivergent moms, or do you work with everybody? I do work with everybody. Obviously my experience is with neurodivergence, but I think I kind of coach more the mom rather than the kids. So, uh, and not so much about teaching, it's more about, like, I'm a cheerleader. I'm a cheerleader for working homeschool moms, right? <laughs> I just want everybody who wants to work and homeschool to figure it out. I want them to feel supported, that they can do it. My community is so important, you know, uh, moms can come in there and just feel like, okay, you know, other moms have done it. It is possible. It might be difficult. It might be tricky, but, you know, everything, if it's something that you really want to do, then it is totally 
you can do it. We can figure it out together or, you know, you can figure it out within the community. So I think for me, obviously, neurodivergence is my reality. So I do often get asked to speak about that because it is. But that being said, I'm no expert. This is all just my own experience as a mom. So I would never say that I'm an expert. Obviously, there are many experts out there who, you know, who have, who, um, you know, have qualifications in special education and things like that. But I, when people do ask me, I'm like, it's just my, my experiences as a mom. And I think it's very similar as well. It's like, you can do it. It's the motivation. It's the motivation. If your motivation, if it's one of your values, if your motivation is strong, you can figure out anything in life. I think, to be honest, you can figure out how to start a business. You know, a, a lot of working homeschool moms are business owners or want to have a business, you know, and that can also be super frightening to start. So if it, if it's something that you want, if it's in your, you know, if your values are strong and this is what is part of your values, then you're going to be able to figure it out. So for those moms that are thinking, oh, I am so connecting with Charlotte right now. I need to find her. Where can they connect with you? So the best place is probably my website, which is mylittlehomeschool.com. And you can find everything on there. My podcast is on there. My blog, I share a lot of blogs. Uh, my shop is on there with eBooks and things like that. And then my biggest kind of where I share the most is on my podcast, which is the Strike a Balance podcast for working homeschool moms. And then also in my Facebook group, which is the Working Homeschool Mom Support Group. I know the names are very long, but you can find everything on my website. It's kind of the hub where everything is. Yes. And I'll make sure I link everything as well. So it's nice and easy to find. This has been such a great conversation, and I'm curious, is there anything that we did not touch on or that you'd like to expand on a little bit more? Um, I just want to, I think at the end of the day, I, I just want to reiterate the the fact that it is possible, whatever your reality is, because I think I've noticed now as I've been, you know, working with lots of homeschool mom, working homeschool moms, we all have a different reality, I think. But finding a community, I think, can really help you to, to see that it is possible. So find a community, community and also know that you can do it. I think if you're feeling like you're called to do something, it may be hard, but I mean, all the worthwhile things in life are hard. And it is definitely, you can figure it out. And I think find a community where you can find cheerleaders. I think that's, they have been, the people that I've met on Instagram, because I'm in South Africa, we don't have a massive homeschool community here. We definitely don't have a working homeschool community here. So all the people I've met like online have just, I don't think I would have even started if it wasn't for them. So, you know, I think it's community is important and just knowing that you can absolutely figure out anything that you want to, whatever your reality looks like. Thank you so much for this encouragement today and all of these amazing insights and tips. Have a wonderful rest of your day. I look forward to talking to you again soon. Yes, thank you so much for having me. It was so fun. Thank you for listening to Assured and this clip from the Recharge Virtual Summit. You can listen to all of the full conversations over at homeschoolteachingsimplified.com slash recharge. If you enjoyed this episode, help us get the word out to more homeschooling moms. Take a moment to follow this show and then share this episode with a friend. You can even take it one step further and leave a review below. Thank you so much for your support. Looking forward to seeing you for the next one.